All right, everybody, we're back. And our next guest is a very funny guy who could be seen touring all over the country. And he's also could be seen now on Netflix's The Degenerates. Uh, Got to check that out. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Brad Williams. Brad, how you doing, man? Doing wonderful. It, it's weird that right now when you say, like, he can be seen all over the country. You're, you're, there's a lot of people that will be listening to this going, can you really? Uh, <laughs> because of what's going on. And that's completely understandable. But, uh, yeah, I've started to go back out there. Um, I did Oklahoma City last weekend. I'll be in Utah this weekend. I have an Arizona date coming up. Uh, so, yeah, there's some stuff where you can kind of pick and choose and go through the states and uh, see which ones are open, ones aren't. And as long as the club is doing um, enough, in my opinion, to keep everybody safe, then okay, I'll go. I'll go perform there. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to be one of the very few comedians right now that's uh, since the quarantine has been out there performing. It's like you. I know Jeff Die. Any others that have been breaking new ground? <laughs> um, I. I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to act like Jeff and I are the first ones or the canaries in the coal mine. But uh, right now, I don't think there's other comics. I, I know plenty of comics that have dates that are booked in like early June um, to start to start going out. Um, so yeah, but I, I know like the Addison Improv in Dallas is uh, open and they, and they've been running a couple shows. But it was really interesting because. Um, I guess I was one of the first ones because after my weekend in Oklahoma city, I got calls from a bunch of like headliner comics, like, <laughs> Hey, what's it like out there? You know, how'd it go? What happened? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I got to talk to a, a, a few guys and girls that, it, that are big league headliners and I'm like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. I guess I get to talk to this person now. It's fun. Yeah, because in a lot of ways, you said Canary in the coal mine, you kind of are, in a way, like even the big time headliners are kind of gauging you, hey, how you feeling? You have a fever? <laughs> you doing all right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And trust me, I was I was kind of like that. I, I was like, well, here we go. You know, here, and, um, and they wanted to know if I was feeling okay and, and if I felt safe and how the crowds were and uh you know so far so good um we are we are taking precautions and it it it, it it's a strange thing because i completely understand the people that say there should be no live shows right now nothing should be happening we should all be locked down i completely understand that and i completely understand the people that say i'm not going to any shows cool do whatever you need to do to feel safe i'm not one of these guys that's like we sh it should go back exactly like NBA playoffs start tomorrow. Like right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that dude. Uh, <laughs> but if uh, these clubs are taking precautions, which is at one third capacity, sitting tables six feet apart from each other, taking everyone's temperature as they come in the room. Um, you, you know, um, I'm not doing a meet and greet afterward because I don't want to have people then line up and then, you know, certainly not shake the hand of it, everyone who just saw the show. Uh, so yeah, there, there, there's, precautions taking place obviously the safest thing in the world to do would be for us to all stay home that would be the safest thing but there are certainly people out there that uh, would like to earn some money there's some people out there with bills to pay and when you're talking about the waitresses and the and the wait staff and the sound guys and things like that that work that work at a comedy club they don't have they don't have the luxury of staying home for 
two months for uh, three months. And uh, some of these people I know work week to week at, at, as is. So um, I, I'm, it, a, lot, a lot of it's for them, but uh, I'm just trying to bring smiles to people's faces and do what I always do and make Thanks. some jokes and oh, hopefully people like it. Yeah, they, they say laughter is the best medicine. I think people need, need uh, comedians. Uh, how was the crowd? Like, were they coming out with the people uh, or was it kind of um, – a small crowd or how was it? Like yeah. Well, first of all, I think the, the old phrase laughter is the best medicine uh, during a pandemic. No, it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to say hydroxychloroquine is the best medicine. Uh, <laughs> even though Trump's taking it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say the best medicine is probably the one that hasn't come out yet, which is uh, the vaccine. Whenever we get to that, that <laughs> yeah. would be the best medicine. Right. I right. would take that over a good knock, knock joke any day of the week. <laughs> um, but so I'm not this guy that's like, oh no, I'm a hero. No, fuck no. I'm 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 just an egomaniac who likes to hear the sound of strangers laughing. <laughs> uh, no, but the crowds were great. The crowds were fantastic. Like uh, it was at one third capacity, um, and then they they also don't seat people at tables with people that they don't know. So if normally you know this working at governors, if a a party of two shows up you sit them with another party of two and you say hey this is your table now you guys are friends for a night um mm -hmm. that wasn't happening so if, if you came by yourself you you had a table by yourself you party two you had a table by yourself part uh party two but i i i think everyone was just so anxious to get back out there and so ready and so looking for something to help them forget about uh, this thing that's been going on now for a few months, that they, they it was all it was all in a great mood, man. They were all completely ready. They were laughing. I, I even do some coronavirus jokes, and I was kind of worried because obviously there's some people who know people that have this who lost lost loved ones, God right. forbid. Um, so I wanted to be sensitive to that, but uh, they they laughed at the coronavirus jokes, man. I think. It's just we're all so tense right now, or it's also unknown. We all want to laugh, man. We all want to find those things that are funny and the moments of levity. So, uh, yeah, it, it, the so far, man, the crowds have been absolutely fantastic, and uh, uh, I I hope I hope it continues safely. Yeah, because not only are you kind of the test, uh, like the canary again, to use that analogy. But yeah. also these clubs are too, and, and for clubs like our club and governors uh, here in Levittown, you know, we're also trying to figure it out and, and uh, probably be touching base with all these other owners and seeing how it worked out, the seating, yep. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 and 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 then and then it's up to the states, you know, if 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 your if your governor says that you can't have anyone, you know, more than fifty people in a room, well, okay, I guess you can't do that, or maybe. Do you do, do you do a show with 50 people in the room? If that, if that's the limit, I mean, it's kind of rough. Uh, there there's right now is kind of a, like a, a good time for comics like myself, like the sort of headliners, but lower level headliners. Cause we can still work. Like if you're Gabriel Iglesias, you can't really work right now. Cause you're used to doing theaters and stadiums, you know, right, and right. then you can't, I don't know if you're going to do a stadium 
correctly. I don't know if you could social distance at the theater. Maybe you can. I don't know. But uh, although I don't feel bad for Gabriel, he made like $25 million last year. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be uh, all right. Yeah, he'll be okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so it, it, right now we're just kind of feeling it out. And I would love to believe that there's some sort of happy medium that we can find to where uh, we're not opening everything back up completely, but we're not just staying at home and no one leaves our house and uh, we do that. You, you know, there, there, there's some sort of happy medium. And uh, I, 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 I hope people can continue to, like, we're not, we're, go, we're going back, but I saw the people in the show social distance no one came up to me and like gave me a high five or licked my face uh <laughs> you know um and, and the the when when i announced that i wasn't doing a meet and greet no one was really bummed out i mean they were bummed but they were just kind of like yeah we get it we, yeah. we get why you're not doing that so i i i i I applaud people for being very understanding of other people's wishes and beliefs now, a lot of comedians that I've been interviewing throughout this uh, said that when we get back, man, I, I might bring my own microphone and uh, all this stuff. Are you using your own microphone or how is that kind of protocol going? Uh, I don't bring my own microphone, but I do. They have wipes. They have sanitary wipes. And like a stripper starting her set, I take that mic stand and I just go up and down and I go all over and I go all over the mic and yeah i do that because thankfully i don't know um thankfully comedians in general typically have pretty decent immune systems because of how we live right, because right. we travel and we're on planes every week and hotel and we speak to a microphone that some that bobby lee has rubbed on his balls for the last 20 <laughs> minutes and, Sorry, my We're talking into that same mic. I got Bobby Lee ball juice all over me, man. Uh, and so most of us have pretty good immune systems because of that. That that we've been slowly that we've been slowly building up because of the Bobby time. Lee ball juice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that might be the cure to this whole thing. <laughs> it I mean, could be. Start in Asia, and an Asian can end it, you know? There you go. Inject pure Bobby Lee ball juice in, in, in your veins. Uh, we're, we're one step away from Trump saying that during a press conference. You know? <laughs> and Bobby Lee, take, take some of his ball juice, put it in, put it in with the Clorox, it'll be great. Kills it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, but I am aware that we're dealing with a different animal. We're not dealing with the common cold. So don't think that I'm like, I, my <laughs> it's good. I, I could fight off anything and then, you know, get, you know, get Corona. So yeah, we're all, we're all just trying to be cautious. We're all trying to go back to some semblance of normal, but, uh, at, at the same time, you know, entertain people, do what we're, do what we're supposed to do. Now you you're kind of like be, again being one of the first comedians to do this. Uh, not to harp on this the whole interview, but you're kind of a pioneer yeah. of the of the new of the, of the new world here <laughs> in comedy. You're like yeah. you're traveling now. You're you're hitting up. You're on tour and hitting yeah. comedy clubs. Yeah, I would say if you live in a city with a comedy club that's open, 
The comedy club is fine. Traveling, that's a whole... <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on the flight, but man, uh, I, I flew with a company that rhymes with Schmerican and, um, it, 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 it was pretty much just middle seats were open. Um, but you know, there were people in your row and everyone was wearing a mask. They didn't, they didn't serve food or drink. Uh, when I got to my seat, I took out a little towelette. I wiped down the the tray, the seat belt, the seat, the like, I, the, the handles, the armrests. I wiped down everything, and then and then and then they tell you don't put anything in the seat back pocket. They tell they oh, they, te- oh. they tell you that, and and then I also flew Southwest. I'm a very successful comedian. I'm a very rich man, and uh, <laughs> on those flights, I actually had a whole row, so I, I felt kind of good, but. The, the thing the thing that was crazy is they say during the flight, like, social distance, social distance, got to practice social distance. And then as soon as the plane lands, gets in there, and that bing, and then that seatbelt <laughs> sign goes up, everyone just stands up, gets right in the row, and starts taking their bags out and lining up. And you're like, all right, now you're all breathing on each other's necks. Good job, buddy. Like, uh, <laughs> fuck it. Let's all die. So it's, yeah, um, the traveling to me is the – is the part that actually made me kind of uncomfortable for thankfully um for my gigs in utah i'm driving for my gigs in arizona i'm driving and then uh i i don't want to take any connecting flights i ask him like guys what sort of fun shit do you want to do they say we want to take you on a black hawk helicopter i'm like yes i'm going on that and i tell that to my friends they're like brad weren't you scared no you have to understand who I am, the life I've lived. I'm the guy that when I go to Six Flags, I can't ride half of their shit. <laughs> and now the US government just said, you see that death machine? Do you want to hop on? Erection, I'm good. Well, now we're gonna uh, shift gears and go into this uh, segment called Comedy Questions. Fire away, my friend. All right. Who is uh, on your Mount Rushmore of comedy? Your comedy Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore of comedy. See, here's the thing: is I feel like every comic has to say Carlin, Pryor, and Bruce, uh, because without them, there's no stand-up as we know it. It's still Borscht Belt. It's still like Take My Wife, No Please Take Her. Like they. The three, the, the three of them made comedy like an art form in terms of personal expression, anti-establishment. Uh, so yeah, you got you got to put them on, and then I would put uh, Joan Rivers on mine. Um, just that brash, unapologetic female perspective, breaking down barriers, glass ceilings, funny as hell, funny, and one of the hardest workers ever, and literally funny till the day she died. So, uh, yeah, I put Carlin, Pryor, Bruce, Joan Rivers. Awesome. Um, who was your biggest comedy influence? Man, um, I mean, between Robin Williams and... Uh, Christopher Titus's special, Norman Rockwell is Bleeding, is one of the greatest comedy specials of all time. I love that special. Armageddon's coming. They've been talking about it since the beginning of time. Well, I say, bring it on. Because some of us need to go. He's the guy that taught me, because I always thought I had a pretty 
weird childhood, obviously being a little person and, there, and everything that went along with that. He's the guy that taught me that you can have tension on stage. It can get real tension. Like it could get, oh my God. And then the release is such, is so much bigger once you build up that tension. So yeah, uh, Titus and Robert Williams for me. Yeah! Oh, God. Ah! 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 Uh, do you remember the very first time you ever did stand-up? And uh, tell us that story. Yeah. Uh, I did stand-up. Well, to tell the story completely, you have to go back before I actually went on stage. So I went to a comedy show. I was in the audience. And uh, this was Father's Day um, of 20, uh, uh, 2004. Father's Day, 2004. I'm in the audience at the Bray Improv. There, there, there's a comedian on stage and he, start, and he starts making midget jokes. Half the audience is laughing. The half that's sitting by me is like, no, like, it's like, don't laugh. Like, and then the comedian notices, he goes, what, is one of them here? And I just raised my creepy little hand in the air, like, what's up, dude? And um, <laughs> he called me up on stage. Uh, he asked me some questions. I answered the questions honestly. I wasn't trying to be funny, but my answers got laughs. And that was it, man. That, that was when I decided I got to be a comic. I always thought about it. I always loved, loved comedians. Never actually thought I could do it until I got laughs on the stage at the improv. And um, yeah, the next week, I went to the Laugh Factory open mic night just, just uh, to watch. I thought, well, let's see how good these guys are because I don't know if I, if I belong here. And then going to the Laugh Factory open mic night, certainly in those days, was like, all right, yeah, I think I could go on stage right now and be funnier than the two bums and the heroin addict that just went up on stage. Like, I'm good. So, uh, yeah, I wrote jokes next week, went on stage, and uh, that was that was 16 years ago. And uh, it dro dropped out of college. I had, I had one year to go at USC and uh, dropped out of college and started touring, man. And haven't stopped. <laughs> Wow, man, that's pretty cool. You kind of like the way you got into it is like uh, anointed by from one comic to a new comic, and it just all yeah. happened. Yeah, it, it was really cool. It was really cool the way it happened, and um, I'm, glad, I'm glad it did. That's why I'm anxious to get back to work, too, because I mean, some comics are like, oh, I was a you know, I was a teacher before, or I was an accountant or a lawyer or something. Me, it's like, no, I've only been a comedian. I worked at Disneyland and I've been a comedian. Those are my two jobs that I've had my entire life. I, and they're both shut down right now. So it's like, I don't have any skills to go back up. <laughs> uh, what's the best comedy advice you ever got? Uh, you're, the best comedy advice I ever got, I, I'm gonna have to explain it, but a comedian once said to me, just remember this one thing, nobody cares about you. Now, let me explain why that's the best comedy advice I've ever got. Because comedians, we all get up in our heads all the time of like, oh my God, I did this bit wrong. I said this thing. I, the whole crowd thinks I suck. They, they, I walk up on stage and they hate me before I say anything. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. 
everyone in that audience is just going like, wow, we're at a show, somebody's talking, I could never do that, I can never do what that comic's doing. And, and if you bomb, they're not gonna remember it, They'll, you, you know, or like, everyone's like, no, well, I performed this joke last week, so I, I can't do it again this week. They'll, they'll all know, no, they won't. Uh, do the joke again, it's fine. It's, nobody cares about you, and it's, just like don't be don't be all up in your head don't don't think that you did one unfunny tweet and now you can never work again nobody cares they just want <laughs> you to be funny they just want you to laugh they 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 just want to have a good time so that was the best advice i got is nobody cares about you <laughs> <laughs> um what comedians do you are most like you do you see yourself in like their style or well Here's the thing, I thought I was the first, like I thought I was like the first dwarf comic to have his name up on the comedy store and all that. I thought I was the first dwarf, nope, not even close. Uh, Tanya Lee Davis has been doing this for years. As you can tell from looking at me, yeah, I'm very down to earth. <laughs> and she's so funny, so good, so brash, doesn't give a fuck. And I love Tanya Lee Davis, so uh, she's great. But uh, so I, I guess she's like me in that we're both the little people perspective. Um, I, I don't. Are I don't you guys, know. The, are you and like, Tanya Lee like the only? Um, little people comics out there and no there's there's a few others um uh, there's nick navicki uh he's solid um uh danny woodburn who's mickey from seinfeld he he does stand up oh, occasionally yeah. <laughs> and then when i was in houston texas talk about coming full circle so remember i said the story there's a comic on stage and i, and I, and I was in the audience right right so i'm at the houston improv um, do, I'm doing a show and there's this dwarf in the audience and I'm cracking on him a bit and then he he starts firing stuff back at me like during the show but it's <laughs> funny it's not like go fuck yourself or whatever it, it's, right, it's right. funny and I'm like oh what the and I kind of stop and go what do, what do you do for a living and there's a pause and he goes I'm a comedian and I go what it, it like, and he's a comic <laughs> so, so now, granted, this, this is like 44, 45 minutes into my set, so I'm about to close out. And I, and I go, you know what? Let's see what you got. You got a sold out improv right now. Let come come up here. And I, I called him up on stage and he started doing jokes. And man, was he funny, really funny. His name is Clinton Shorter. And I know you're like, oh, his last name's Shorter. That's is his dwarf. No, that's his real last <laughs> that's name. That's his real name, yeah. <laughs> His real last name is Clinton. His real last name is Shorter. His name is Clinton Shorter. Houston, Texas. Really funny. And that night, um, the Houston Improv saw him and started started booking him after that because they saw him crushing from the sold out audience. So uh, it's kind of crazy how it came full circle like that. That is so, cool. Yeah. And that's awesome yes. that you gave him an opportunity in there and all that too. Oh, dude. Well, when you think about the opportunity I got, you know, getting pulled up out of the crowd and walking up on stage and things like that. It, you got you got to pay it forward. It's so hard to break into this business and this industry. Everyone had help. You know, some people might say, no, I did it all my own. No, you, you had a club owner that believed in you. You had, you had a comic that took, that took you out on the road. You had something. Like, yeah. the ball had some help. 
So uh, if I could, if I could be someone who helps out other comics and gets to that next level, then I would love, I would love to do that for people. Has has um, Netflix or anybody ever like approached you? Have you guys ever thought to do like, you know, a, a kind of a kings of comedy, like a little people of comedy type of thing? <laughs> has that ever come up, or are you not? You guys are against the, doing uh, that? No, I'm. Trust me, I'm not against. If I can get on Netflix again, I would love to do that. So I, I, I'm, I'm not against it. Uh, if someone wants to do that, I'm in. Let's get Tanya Lee. Let's get Nick. Let's get let's get Clinton Shorter. Let's get myself, uh, and then let's go. Um, I'd be all I'd I'd be all for it. And I, I I think what would happen is some people would watch for the novelty of it, and then minutes into our sets, they'd be like, Oh, these people are funny. They're not funny because they're dwarves or, or the, you know they're they're just funny they're just funny people so yeah and that was I, actually I, I, my next yeah sorry to cut you off i was actually going to say that 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 with you like i haven't seen the others but i know that with you it's the, the, the it's not a novelty and when you do talk about your life and being little guy it's hilarious yeah. and uh but you are a true comedian um you know what I mean? You just know a true comedian. It's in the blood, it's in the, the demeanor, it's in the, uh, the fire. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you carry you, that. Thank you. And and well, I'd say this, is that some people are like, well, Brad tells dwarf, tells dwarf jokes. Yeah, because I'm a dwarf. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to go on stage and talk about my experiences being six foot two. That's not my experience. <laughs> right. So every joke I tell will have the perspective of a little person because I don't have any other perspective. You know, I wasn't five foot eight trying comedy and it, and it wasn't going well. So then I decided to be four foot four uh, <laughs> at the hook. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to, I, I, I'll always write from a little person perspective, but my jokes will be beyond like, I'm not gonna go on stage and for an hour, I'm gonna go like, I can take a bath and symbol. That's weird. Like, no, like, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> So, yeah, just uh, there will be a variety of topics that, that, I, that I cover during the shows. Yeah, man, you're awesome. And our last comedy question here is, uh, what is the best part for you of being a stand-up comedian? Oh, man. Just, there's no better feeling than writing a new joke and having the new joke work. Something you just thought of, you're like, ah, this is going to be good. And you go on stage, try it out, and it works. Like, think about the excitement that you have in a new relationship. You start dating someone new. It's all hot and heavy for the first month or so. We get to do that all the time with our with our material. Like, I have a relationship with my act, and when I get a new joke that works, ooh, this is my new this is my new toy. This is my new plaything, <laughs> and, I, and I get to have fun with it. I can see where it's gonna go. Maybe it's gonna develop into a, a long five minute, ten minute bit. Maybe it's just gonna be that one line, and that's all I'm gonna get out of it. But you know, uh, that's the most, that's, that's the most exciting thing. And just, you know, just being able to, um, you know, my job is to make other people have a great night. Like that's my job. So if I do my job correctly, everyone walks out of that room going like, wow, we're happy. Like it's a cool thing. It, it, it's not on the same level, not even close to the same level of, you know, a doctor or someone who saves a life or, you know, or a lawyer that keeps someone out of jail when they were innocent. It's not even close to that. But, you know, people leave happy. Uh, I, 
I'd say it's on the same level of the guy that brings you your ice cream sundae at the end of the night. You know, <laughs> you, you leave you leave happier at the end. You leave happier. So yeah, that's the best part about being a comic for me. Awesome, man. Well, Brad, I appreciate you. Uh, how can people see you? What you got coming up? I know you're actually touring one of the few. So uh, <laughs> uh, people could tell us where people can find you and see you. Yeah, man. No, do uh, Brad Williams. My tour dates are there. I'm updating them constantly as things get canceled, as things get rescheduled, as things get rebooked, and other things pop up. Uh, Instagram at Brad Williams Comic, uh, Twitter at Funny Brad, um, and and also a great source of income for me, uh, Cameo. Uh, I'm on Cameo, so if you want me to wish someone a happy birthday or the best cameo I ever got to do was a girl hired me to tell her ex-girlfriend that her pussy was stanky. And uh, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> so I got to do that. Um, so yeah, awesome. you can hire me on Cameo. Go to cameo.com slash Brad Williams comic. And then you can hire me to uh, give a shout out to somebody. It'll, it'll be fun. Or tell them that their, their pussy smells. You could do anything. You yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And then you want. I'll do it. I'm a whore for money. <laughs> uh, Brad, thank you again for taking the time. You're awesome, my friend, and uh, we'll be looking out for you. Hopefully, uh, Governor's opens up soon, and we see you come here on, on the East Coast. I would love, I would love to do that. I've been to Governor's before. It's a great club. It's an old timey feel, old timey feel uh, comedy club, and it, it's just really smart audiences. And I loved it when I was there, so I certainly hope I can come back. Awesome. You rock, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.